0: You're listening to Red Nation Online. Good night, and welcome to another edition of Of The Woodworks on Red Nation Online. And can the Montreal Impact rekindle the fire in the season with the power of love of their supporters and their fans? Tomorrow, Saturday at the Seputo, 2.30. The Montreal Impact are facing the New England Revolution. We're facing Boston. Will it be a Montreal-Boston rivalry? A new rivalry in the MLS, maybe? I don't know. But on the second half of the show today, I talked to earlier today to Hank Alexandre from the Midnight Ride podcast, live from New England, live from Boston. So we talked about the New England Revolution, the season as a whole. We talked to what kind of season they had. And we talked about how the team looks in the standings Going forward, their push for the playoffs and their game. Very important game. You can say the most important game of the season for both teams tomorrow. At the Saputo Stadium. Stad Saputo. Be there. Let's help the team with the power of love of their supporters. To get that crucial victory. So uh, we will preview that game with Hank Alexand. But first, let's talk about, for a quick second again, Rough game last Friday night at the BBVA Stadium in Houston. The Montreal Impact lost 1-0 against the Dynamo. Yes. It's a revenge, the revenge of the Dynamo. We lost again on the road. Oh, we 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 tried earlier this season to be good on the road. It's not that easy. Really not that easy. We got a couple W's at the beginning. But lately, we've been struggling. So, back at the Saputo tomorrow. And good news. Very good news for the game. Against the New England Revolution. A lot of players are back. A lot. Two players are back. And a couple players are questionable. But might still play. Anyways, Bernardello is back. And if you notice, the Montreal Impact Slump started when... He stopped playing. I think there's a cor- correlation between the two. It's going to be very, very good for the midfield to have Bernardello back. Nesta is back, totally reha- rehabilitated from his adductor. In comfort, discomfort, you could say. It wasn't a real injury, it was just in discomfort. He was injured, but it was more like a, a strain. Than uh, an actual tear, you could say, of the adductor muscles. So, Nesta is back, but bad news so it's a good news, bad news situation. We lose Camara, suspended because he got a yellow card in Houston, and now he's not going to play the next game because of the yellow card accumulation. So, Camara is suspended for the game tomorrow, and Jabrowski is out for the next three weeks with a broken toe. So we lose our fullbacks. So you can bet on Maxime Tissot to be there on left-back. And it's a toss-up for the right-back between three or four players even. Well, the three candidates for that position, starting position tomorrow against New England. Again, at right-back position. The three candidates would be Cal W. We Met, Lefebvre, or even Davy Arnaud. Captain Davy FN Arnaud might be starting at right back. He did last year, and he might do it this year as well. At this time of the season, anything is good for the team. When the team needs something, the players will be glad to do it for the team, especially the captain, who actually speaks French. If you want to listen to a funny video, to watch a funny video online, go to mlssoccer.com, go to the impact section. And the videos, and you'll see Captain Davey uh, do what Montreal has been asking its professional teams, captains, to do for a long, 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 long time. Just as, you probably still get harassed in Anaheim about speaking French. Well, Arnaud did a French interview on MLSSoccer.com. So, take a second and go watch that video. It's a little funny, so go watch that. Going back to the starting lineup, so Bernadello is back, and we lose our so the right back. Who do you think is going to replace Camara and Brawski? We know that Tiso is going to start for sure. Tiso, awesome! It's going to be on the field, and you know what? The last game he played, he had more touches of the ball in the uh, second half of the pitch in the attacking portion of the pitch than is defending, which that means he can support the attack, and we need that right now. We need to put goals in the net. We haven't scored a lot lately. We need DeVaio to put number 20 in the net and hopefully hold off Camilo McGee and those on-fire strikers who are fighting with him for the golden boot of the MLS. It would be a great parting gift for the supporters from Marco Devaio to get that golden boot because we all know that Devaio is going to retire at the end of the season. The the only thing that would have convinced him to come back next year if we'd have made it further in the CONCACAF Champions League would have been in my opinion. I might be wrong there. Maybe it's just my uh, pink glasses, but it would have been... uh, uh, something to play for. Carrot carried at the end of the deck to play for the Champions League trophy. But now that we're out, there's nothing keeping him here after this year. So let's make it a 2022 20, goals, 20 whatever goals. It's probably going to be hard to beat the record. I, I know. I concede it to you. He's not going to get Wando's record. But he might get 20 or more goals, which is still a feat by itself. So, Devayo might be okay to play. If you remember, he was subbed off last game around the 60-something minute. It looked like a toe injury, a foot injury or something. So, let's hope he's okay to play. Let's hope Bernier is okay to play because Bernier as well, Mr. Patrice Bernier, was uh, beat up too. It was uh, all the teams getting beat up at the end of the season. Let's hope that Montreal can pull off a great game at home against the Revolution, having Bernardello back. So that would maybe mean with Bernier, if he's okay, Bernier moves a little closer up top with Felipe and trying to work together with Devaio up top to bring back that chemistry that we saw a glimpse of earlier the last couple of weeks with Felipe and Devayo. I want that to be back. And... People have been talking lately that DeVio was struggling. Well, you know what? I believe that he's been carrying a small nagging injury for the last couple of weeks, and that would explain the the no goals of the last couple of weeks. It's just a theory, but the fact that he was subbed off early last week and he's not been practicing this week at all, He's been hanging out with Nesta, which hasn't been practicing at all, but he's back. So he started practicing at least the last couple of days. So has Bernadello, And Bernadello said that he was 100%. So hopefully he will start. But if he doesn't start, we'll see him coming in as a sub. And it would be amazing for the Montreal I back to get that three goals. Three points. Maybe he'll get, let's get three goals. But no, it's not the NESL. We don't get three more points if we get three goals. Unfortunately, we need them. Because you know what's the most bonker thing about the whole thing, as somebody said on Twitter this week? is that the Montreal Impact are still in the hunt for the Supporters' Shield. If we win out the four games remaining in the season, we have a shot. I know I'm being delirious here, but we might have a shot. So before we look at all the games being played this weekend in Major League Soccer, let's take a quick look at the standings. Right now in the league, only one team officially qualified for the playoff, and that is the team that's the leader in the supporting shield race right now. Against all odds, under the radar for a third of the season. And now, first in the league, the New Jersey Pink Toros, better known as the New York Red Bulls, are first in the Eastern Conference, 53 points. 32 games played. Second. Sporting Kansas City. 52 points and only two games remaining as the Pink Taros. The Houston Dynamo is third. 48 points. Two games left. That's a big thing. Because then you get the Montreal Impact fourth. 46 points. Still, we've been stuck there for the last couple weeks. 30 games played. Two games in hand on the Toros and Kansas City and the Dynamo as well and then you get the Philadelphia Union 5th, the last place given access to the MLS Cup Playoff Tournament 45 points 1 behind the handbag with 3 games left then the 2 teams, or you could say 3 but most of all the 2 teams fighting for the last playoff spot Chicago Fire in 6th position, 43 points then you get the New England Revolution 7th, with 42 points, so one point separating both teams. Both got three games left. Then the crew are trying to hold on. Eight possession, 41 points, but only two games left. A maximum of 47 points if they win out. And if the Union gets a victory, the Columbus will be out. It's that close, but it's getting. At the end of the stretch, it's the push for the playoffs. Hashtag push for playoffs. And we want Montreal to be there. Hopefully... A Montreal win combined with a Chicago Fire loss might be enough to guarantee a playoff spot during the weekend. It might be. There's a couple different possible scenarios. We will know more in next week's show of who is in the best position to get in the top five in the East. And let's take a quick glance at the Western Conference. Real Salt Lake is first, 32 points, two games left. Seattle, second, 51 points, so one point back. Three games left. Portland, Tim, but, but Seattle, let's take a second. Did you see that on Wednesday night? The Whitecaps traveled to Seattle. A Cascadia Cup. Yeah, guys. A Cascadia Cup rivalry game. Rivalry, meh. Nah. It's a Cascadia Cup game. But the rivalry game is next. It's this weekend when you get... The Timbers against Seattle. Well, anyways, on Wednesday, the Whitecaps travel, and one player decided to step up. Actually, two decided to step up. One, because we trashed him two weeks ago and Off the Woodworks, is Daigo Kobayashi, who came out of nowhere and did a great game. Two decisive pass, assist, a great, great performance from Daigo Kobayashi, who was moved a little in a little more offensive position for the game against Seattle. But... The star of that game was Mr. Kakuta Mane with a career-defining performance in Seattle on the road against thousands and thousands of screaming Seattle fans. Emerald City supporters and all the other supporter group were astonished by that performance. A hat-trick by an 18-year-old. The youngest striker. The youngest player in MLS history to score a hat-trick. And on the road, in hostile territory, on hostile ground, Kakuta Mane scores a hatter to bring back Vancouver into the playoff hunt. So, we'll just continue. After Seattle's 51 points, three games left. Portland Timbers, 50 points. Three games left. So that Cascadia Cup showdown that's going to happen this weekend is huge for the final standing in the Western Conference. Both teams got 31 points. Same thing for the LA Galaxy. Oh, 31 points. They got 31 game play, so three games left. The Galaxy got three games left, but they left that. But they have 48 points, two points back from the Timbers. And the Galaxy are in fourth position. Tied with the Galaxy with 48 points. But with only two games left is the Colorado Rapids, fifth position. And then it gets really tight. Because the Earthquakes, with, I got to say, a great win this Wednesday against the Rapids. one nothing. Chris Wondolowski scored a header goal in the second half. To get a W for his team at Buckshaw Stadium in San Jose to bring back his team in the playoff hunt, and it's possible. Two games left. Still, it's going to be hard. 47 points, two games left. And Vancouver, 45 points, two games left as well. Vancouver can be eliminated from the playoff this weekend, and they can join Chivas and Dallas. Dallas is not um, mathematically eliminated. But with three games left, 41 points, it's going to be really hard. And they're facing direct opponents in the standing in the weekends. So let's look at those games right now. Quick, quick word on the Hex tonight. Friday, October 11th, we have uh, the penultimate games. So the game before last in the Hex the CONCACAF qualifying for Brazil. And you know who's going to Brazil. USA and Costa Rica already have their ticket. So there's one and a half ticket left in the Hex to get. Yet Honduras facing Costa Rica. Honduras at home. With a fresh call-up like we'll talk about with Alex Jerry Bankston was called back up with Honduras having had a rough season. He's coming into his own lately. And Honduras has noticed and they called him back up. Then you got the United States of America playing at home in Kansas City against the Reggae Boys, Jamaica man, with Donovan Ricketts in net and fresh call-up Sean Brown from the Colorado Rapids. So the USA can finish in style, having already had their ticket to Brazil, to Brazil. They got their ticket to Brazil, and now they can win it in style. Mexico, with their new coach, Vucinic, are trying to save their qualifying campaign against Panama. And Panama's trying to shock the world by making it to Brazil. So those three games tonight, all available on either BN Sport, ESPN, Unimas, and some probably nefarious stream you'll find online, only four games in the MLS this weekend. In the East, one showdown and one game very important. So you get the Montreal Impact facing New England, we all know tomorrow, two hundred thirty. Tomorrow night DC's facing Philadelphia. DC can play troublemaker in the Eastern Conference by costing point to Philly, but Philly can go on the road in RFK and solidify their position. That is a fifth position. Or maybe if Montreal loses, they can climb up to fourth. Montreal can slide really quickly. And then another very important game for the playoff. So this weekend, if you're a Montreal Impact supporter, you have to cheer for the FC Dallas. So when you're back home from the stadium tomorrow night, at around 5, 6, they can eat calmly, have a couple of beers, have a couple of whatever, relax. And at 830 Go to MLS Live and watch the FC Dallas face the Chicago Firecrackers. And let's hope the Dallas extinguish the fire. Dallas at home, please win and help the Montreal Impact clinch, maybe, might be, what it might be, their first ticket to the playoff in their history. One game to finish the weekend, Sunday. Game of the week on ESPN Cascadia Cup rivalry. The original Cascadia Cup rivalry. Portland, Seattle. The winner might clinch a playoff spot. So, winner takes all maybe. You never know. The loser can now slide out of the playoff if if everything works that way. So that's going to be a huge game. So, now that we know the standings and the schedule, it is a push for the playoffs. And to talk about the game. The Montreal Impact versus the New England Revolution. I talked earlier today to Hank Alexandre from the Midnight Rider. No, the Midnight Rider, but he's a Midnight Rider. We'll talk to him right after this. Welcome back to After Woodworks. Today we have live from New England, Mr. Hank Alexander from the Midnight Ride Podcast. Hello, Hank.
1: Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm great. And yourself? I'm doing well. I'm surprised you got the name a little backwards there. It's Alexandre. Alexandre? It's a, oh. Yeah, it's a little French. You know, I figured you'd get that right. <laughs> it's even better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hank Alexandre. So, it's a big game coming up tomorrow. Sure is. Sputo Stadium. The the impact are, and the revolution are basically playing for their season. Yeah. First of all, about the season, how was the season for the New England Revolution?
1: Well, you know, I think uh, after last year's first year with Jay Heaps as the new head coach, we we gave him a year to kind of get things settled, um, and you know, we opened up the season with. When, you know, with Jerry Benson coming in from you know a great summer last summer with the Olympics, he came in and scored a goal against Chicago in the first game and uh, it kind of gave us a little bit of hope. Uh, however, it didn't really work out as we thought it was going to. Jerry Benson never really turned into that full-time starter goal scorer that we had hoped to see um, and he, you know, he even lost his place with the Honduran national team and that just kind of Put everybody a little bad taste in their mouths to start off uh, start off the year, but we had some great play from uh, some some young talent that we've got, um, and kind of up and down for the the spring. Uh, you know, we saw glimpses from Kellen Rowe early, uh, especially in the Open Cup run, mm-hmm. um, which is our domestic tournament here. Oh yeah, of and course. the. He was just on fire for that, and Diego Fagundes as well, getting a lot of time uh, playing as kind of a a, um, a forward at first, and then moved out to the wing where we, he really started to develop and and show his um, his creativity. And uh, you could see him start making runs at the defenders. Um, and when he when he has the ability to make the run at the defender rather than you know body checking a guy who's a foot taller than him to get the ball. <laughs> it's, it's a, he's a much different player. He's a much better player when he's given that room to create uh, and and attack. So that was uh, something we had been screaming for, you know, on my podcast since last year, a uh, year before even, because he's he's a much better wide player than he is a forward player as a attacking midfielder. Um, so back in June, uh, you know, just as things were tailing off again, we picked up a player by the name of Juan Agadello in trade. Yeah, that and was a great addition. That was huge for this team, and it really picked them up right when they needed it, and uh, and showed this team how to win. Really, he uh, he just changed the dynamic. Really added that uh, you know firepower up front that we've been missing all season. You know, Dimitri Bongo, the young guy that's coming on, he played a lot of minutes for the Reds this season. Uh, you know, because Agudelo hasn't always been healthy, and <laughs> and uh, he got a lot of minutes off the bench, and then started. Actually, starting games, um, big, strong forward, and can muscle and win the ball for uh, for supporting a cast, but watching, I think, him and Juan Agadello play, uh, he started to develop, and Bongo even started to develop a bit more into a more complete player. Um, he doesn't have the flair that Agadello has, mm-hmm. uh, but he's he's got the speed and he can get around guys on the flanks um, as well. So... Uh, Really, for the team this whole season, I mean, we talked a little bit about Kellen Rowan and how he brought it during the Open Cup, and Diego and, and Bongo and Juan Agudelo, but the real big addition for this team this year has been on the defense in terms of uh, Jose Gonzalez.
0: Yeah, one of the great player. I had him on my fantasy for, I think, the whole season. He helped me yeah. a lot.
1: He's been amazing for this team and has really brought out the best in all the other defenders. I mean, you look at what he's able... By having Jose Gonzalez on that team, you're allowed. Chris Tierney can leave the back line and basically play as a uh, as a w- attacking winging wing fullback type of okay. player, and uh, and not worry so much about his defensive responsibilities. Um, yeah, he still has to get back, and he does a good job. And uh, Chris Tierney has had the best season of his career as a Revolution player, but it's all because of Jose Gonzalez because uh, Jose covers for him when he gets up front and allows him to contribute with the uh, with the assists and the service and then he gets back Jose there to help uh, double team players and uh, cover for him when he's you know making those runs so he's really for me um, the true MVP for this team this year I mean even with Diego's 12 goals uh, it's hard uh, to to look past Diego Fagundes as the MVP but you really have to attribute a lot of the success that this team has had to uh, Jose Gonzalez.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so, are you satisfied? with the season? What Do you think it's a good season, or it all depends on the last couple of games?
1: You know, it's been an inconsistent team. Um, despite you know the the obvious improvement that we've had, you know, when and uh, with Agudelo coming in, um, if Agudelo had remained healthy all summer long, I think we probably. Uh, would be a little bit further up in the playoff race than we are right now, I mean right now we 're sitting in seventh mm-hmm. um, and but I think you know with the win here this weekend for the revs and uh a win against our last two games there were against columbus um it 's going be it 's going to be tight to make the playoffs for sure but if you know if Agadello had been healthy it might have been a different season um a different ending
0: yeah and speaking about Aguaello, one thing uh, crossed my mind. Agudelo is leaving in the yeah. next transfer window. He's going to play for Stoke City in the Premier League. What is your What do you think about that?
1: Well, I mean, it's a good move for him in terms of his uh, his desire and his his want his wishes to play overseas. Um, we all knew that coming in, he was going to ride out this contract and uh, and look for the transfer. Um, so when he came in, we were all ready for him to just. Uh, you know, get, play hard for us, hopefully play hard for us and contribute in a meaningful way, get us into the playoffs. Um, so we'll hope, we're hopeful that he will get us into the playoffs and then have a great uh, playoff run. Um, but, you know, it's from a you know, United States national team player, mm-hmm. you know, I a lot of Stokes, a lot of guys uh, from the U.S. men's national team are playing on Stoke right now. True. Uh, and a lot of them are actually sitting on the bench yep uh, <laughs> the <laughs> brick
0: shade Jeff Cameron,
1: Cameron. and uh, so it's it's a uh, it's a good development opportunity for him if he can make the most of it I hope he can I don't know if he's going to get a lot of playing time it's not like Stokes in the Champions League you know No, uh, no so exactly. it's, it's uh he's going to be sitting over there a, wh- a while waiting for that opportunity and who knows the good news is is that as he's leaving as a revolution player and we've offered him a contract. Uh, if he decides to come back to MLS, the revolution will have the first rights of uh, refusal to pick up his contract again. Yep.
0: Unless he's a DP, then it's all open market. Oh, yeah,
1: that, that <laughs> changes
0: the rule, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So just before we talk about Montreal and New England, quick look at the standing for New England and Montreal. Like you said, New England is seventh with 42 points, three games left to play. and Montreal is fourth, 46.4 games to play. Right so before one of the most important game of the season what is the, great, the best scenario for New England can you win out the season or Columbus going to be a pain in your backside what do you think
1: well I mean best case scenario we win out the season even if we do win out the season we still need help from other teams they uh you know 51 points um if all the other teams win out as well you know cause uh-huh. we don't play Philadelphia we don't play Chicago um you know, the only team that is in the playoff hunt, so to speak, uh, yeah. is Montreal that we face. So we need to win against Montreal uh, just to kind of keep our hopes alive of making that playoff spot. But, you know, you guys have the game in hand, um, and that could come back and bite us as well. So even if we win and we end the season with 51 points, there's no guarantee that we're going to make the playoff spot. We need other people. Uh, we need results for other people not to go uh, their way. We need a couple of draws out there or some losses for chicago and philadelphia and uh the like but yeah it's a tight it's a uh, nice race yeah, in the East. it's gonna be tight it's gonna be so tight coming down the stretch i mean that's what that's what makes this great you know this this tournament i always look at this turn uh this cup as its own little mini tournament at the end of the season you know mm-hmm. they talk about playoffs whatever but it's you spend all season trying to qualify for this now it used to be when there were only ten teams, yeah. everybody was in the playoffs, yeah. right? So it didn't didn't really have any meaning. Now it's got meaning to me. Now it's a, you know it's a big big ask to make the playoffs on a yearly basis, and uh, you know we took it for granted uh, back in or 06, when the league was still small and, and the revolution were in the finals every other year. You know and it was it was great for for Revs fans to be in the finals, but now the competition is so much harder, so much stronger. Uh, and just making the playoffs is a big big deal for us so i'm uh i'm hopeful i'm looking forward to it uh it's it's going to be a great game no matter what um you know and even if somehow uh you know montreal wins this weekend uh the revs still have a oh, chance yeah. to w- if they went out the season you know and and results go their way so it's uh it's going to be big-ass. Columbus, I don't know. I mean, they're they're an inconsistent team, too, up and down. You know, we, we played them well earlier this season, did very well against them, yeah. and uh, hopefully we can do well against them again. Be wary
0: of Dominic Aduro. He's the pain in my backside.
1: Oh, I know. He's fast. He's fast. <laughs> He's scary, and I don't like his back. No,
0: especially not now. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so wrong in so many ways. It is. All right. So, to preview the game, what kind of formation does Jay Heaps prefer to play on the road?
1: Well, right now he's sticking with the four-one-four-one. It's worked for him all season. In long. a V shape. Uh, it's a it's, it's a straight four, and then okay. uh, straight four in the back, and then you know Scott Caldwell plays uh, kind of that defensive holding midfielder role, and then you've got a lineup probably of uh, Fagundes, Rowe, Win in the middle, and then um, Sire Sen will probably be out wide right. Uh, and then uh, you'll have Juan Agudelo as your sole striker up top. Now the great thing about Juan is is that he can uh, he he can hold the ball and, and take on two or three defenders and, while other players come into play. So he's the real real challenge. You look for Sayer Sen to come flanking in from the right. You know, I don't know if you saw that goal uh, a week or so ago against. Uh, yeah, it was a Houston, I guess, and they um, they uh, he just finn Ness that right by the goalkeeper oh yeah he um, was
0: holding the he was holding the right bumper when he when he shot
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and he well he was went right over his head he didn't have a chance um, and so he's a dangerous player obviously and then you know you've also got guys like uh Mbongo and uh, Charlie Davies um, yeah Charlie Davies and uh, Chad Barrett available uh d- Jerry Benson's going to be away on international duty, so he's not uh, a factor in this lineup. Although he has been get, seeing some more time off the bench in recent weeks, um, but it, look for uh, Chad Barrett and, or Dimitri Bago to be your first guys off the bench. Um, and if they're going for an attack, uh, we did lose Andy Dorman last week to a red card, so it's uh, he he won't have a he won't figure too much in there. So that does leave an extra space on the bench for. Uh, for somebody else to come. We
0: lost in. half our uh, defense probably, to red yeah. card as well, so we have Kamaga out for a red card, and we have Brovski injured. So
1: there you go.
0: <laughs> Would so. you have a f- final prediction for the game,
1: Hank? Well, I mean, I, for me, you know, the, when you guys played us last, um, it, it was almost an unfair game for us because we got uh, an early red card on Matt Reese, and we were forced to make an early substitution to bring on Bobby Shuttleworth, yeah. uh, and. Uh, you know, it really changed the whole dynamic of the game. And we were still... I think you guys had two penalty kicks. And uh, Marco Devaio uh, burned us yeah. twice. Um Bernie and Devaio, four, two goals each. Still scored, still scored two goals on you with a man down. And uh, I thought that was impressive. So I have, I have high hopes. Uh, last year we were able to score a last-minute uh, goal to, to steal three points. I'm hoping that we get something similar this week with a one nothing win.
0: All right. Well, hopefully that will happen thank you very much Hank Alexandre from the Midnight Ride Podcast and uh, collaborator for Around the League Soccer Podcast thank you very much and I wish you a great push for the playoffs
1: same here pal Talk have to a you good soon. day alright bye bye
0: Thanks again to Hank Alexandre from the Midnight Ride Podcast, live from New England, and collaborators for Around League Soccer Podcast. And thanks for our friend Scott Borstein to, for introducing me to a lot of collaborators we have this season on The Woodworks, but to especially to Hank Alexandre. So... Like I said, tonight, a couple of games in the Hex if you're bored. You don't know what to do on a Friday night. Well, you can watch Mexico fighting for their lives against Panama and the United States trying to fin- finish up the Hex with style. And you can pr- get ready for tomorrow. Go on rednationland.ca, where you can actually get this very podcast. You can get as well other podcasts. Well, you can read Kamal Hilton's marquee matchup in the weekend and always a preview of the Montreal Impact so look out on my Twitter feed later today for the listen and read preview on Red Nation Online. Thanks to rednationonline.ca, where you can get this very podcast. You can get this show as well on iTunes, FeedBurner, Stitcher Radio, Podbean. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can get Off the Woodworks. Any comments, questions, whatever you like, you can email me, woodworks at hotmail.com. Go on Twitter, at Woodworks. On Facebook page, Woodworks Go take and go do a like. And while you're on iTunes, subscribe to my show. Subscribe on on Stitcher. Subscribe on RedNationOnline.ca as well. Thank you very much for everything. And let's hope it's the push for the playoff. Montreal Impact tomorrow, 2.30. Stad Zaputo. Facing the New England Revolution. And let's hope that revolution never comes into life. Let's hope for Devaio, number 20, and maybe 20 and 21. I predict a brace for the Italian striker. It's only a handful of games left to the Sapucho, and Devaio want to leave a mark at that Sapucho, so look for a brace tomorrow. Yeah, I called it. Two goals, Devallo, Montreal wins 3-1. He's so awesome again. You'll see. <laughs> well, until that game... You can get ready by listening to this show and watch the game very important tomorrow night. FC Dallas against Chicago. Let's pray for Dallas. Let's cheer on Charles Heineman's boys to beat the Chicago Firecrackers and Bradley Cooper look-alike Mike McGee. And let's hope he doesn't score because we want the to get that golden boot. So that's for tomorrow. And if you like the Cascadia, that's Sunday night. So that's your weekend for you. That's your plans. That's what you're going to do. Watch those games. And I know I didn't talk about a lot lately about the EPL. Well, all will come in good times. During the off season, there won't be an hiatus for off the woodworks. We will continue to be there once a week, talking about the news in the MLS, the transfer windows and everything. And we'll take a little bit more time to talk about... The EPL and the Champions League and any other league that are still going on in the world of football. And we will continue to have guests from the other side of the pond and this side as well. Our good friend at World Soccer Talk. And I gotta take a second, if you're a FIFA player, if you're a video game player of sports, there's a new podcast on World Soccer Talk by our very good friend and a former guest on this show and a good collaborator, Morgan Green. Good friend of mine. He does a new show on World Soccer Talk with Matt. With Matt, he does press A to shoot. A great soccer podcast about video game. So if you like that, go listen to it on World Soccer Talk. Well, until next week on Red Nation Online, I'm Kevin Lagame. Thanks for the listening and have a great soccer.